This morning I'm looking at this scripture and uh, the excerpt that I have taken from it is, I will do as they have said. I will do as they have said. Now, we're not going to reach that scripture to further on in our message this morning, but we, you can understand that we're looking at it from a perspective as, what do you talk about? What do you say to yourself and say about yourself and say about others? But more importantly, what, are you, what is your self-talk? <laughs> you know, is it an I can or I can't? Is it an I am? Well, everything always follows an I am. I am, you know, I am a Ferrari or I am a tank. I mean, I don't know, you know it's one of those things, but uh, we'll figure out what that means as we go on. Psalm 50, excuse me, Psalm 5 verse 12 says, For you bless the righteous, O Lord, you cover them with favor as with a shield. So you cover us with favor as with a shield. Now we did um, Philippians, Ephesians uh, Wednesday night, and we talked about the armor of God and the shield of faith. And the Roman soldiers would, it was large enough for them to kind of kneel behind. And also they, the ones who, that would be the first row, the surrounding group, and then everyone behind that first row would throw it up on top, and it would be like a fortress. And so the arrows flying in, couldn't get through because they were surrounded and all, had all their shields kind of interlocked. So the psalmist is talking about that long before the Romans came along. He says, you will cover us with a favor as with a shield. So God's favor is a shield over us to protect us. Psalm 140, verse 7. O God, the Lord, the strength of my salvation, thou hast covered my head in the day of battle. So we've got the shield, we've got this favor, and then Psalm 91. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence, the hunter's trap and the deadly plagues. God will deliver us from them. Now, it's important that we see what God wants to do on our behalf. What God has set in motion for our lives that is to protect us, shield us, lets us know that we have his divine favor. I was uh, reading a story about an individual that when he was ready to graduate from high school, his counselor uh, told him that you know he just wasn't the brightest person in the class, the sharpest knife in the drawer, so to speak. And that when he graduated, he should seek an entry-level job at some factory, and that's probably where he will be the rest of his life. Well, sure enough, that's what he did. Well, he stayed in that position until his factory closed. And so he got another job at another factory, but what they did is they gave everybody an IQ test whenever they entered their workforce. And come to find out that after he took that IQ test, his, his employer recognized that he was a genius. You know, he was extremely intelligent. He then found out that he was not an entry-level worker, but that he was capable of doing things beyond that. And so he went into business for himself. He, made, he came up with two patents, and he runs a very successful business in which other people work for him. <laughs> so what changed? What changed was the I am. I am unqualified, 
I am not that qualified. I am an entry-level worker. Then it changed to, I am a genius. <laughs> I have abilities beyond what I thought I had. And he went into business for himself and became very successful. So you see, the individual who told him that he was not very bright didn't understand his genius. And you see, sometimes people can do those things and say those things, and they really don't understand the quality or the, the character or being able to identify somebody who's a little different. Being different is not wrong because we're all a little different, but we're supposed to be. And the challenge is for us not to look at our differences and look at them as strengths or weaknesses in our life, but we have to do something with them. We have to do something with who we are as a person. And the challenge is that we have to allow God, who is, who is our Savior and who lives within us, we have to allow God to help us make those choices. Now, um, Psalm 140, verse 7, O God, the Lord, the strength of my salvation, thou hast covered my head in the day of battle. <laughs> Your thoughts will be my covering. You see, whenever we find that we are facing a battle, we, you know, we spoke about it on Wednesday about the arm of God and the helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation protects our thoughts, protects us that we are, you know, that we are gods. <laughs> and the, the Bible says that the, his, the, the, it will garrison your hearts and minds. So the idea is that God puts a garrison of soldiers or angels around our thoughts. <laughs> so that, and Paul says, bring every thought into subjection. So whenever we are faced with these difficulties, we first have to start not only with who we are as a person spiritually, but we have to recognize how we think, how we pursue things. Now, I know if we all take an IQ test, we're not going to end up as geniuses. And there's no jokes about me. So, <laughs> me saying, you know, never mind. But the challenge is, <laughs> who set your I am? Who set that in front of you that this is what you are? Who set your identity? Who set your capabilities? Who set your learning curve? It's not what you cannot do. It's what you can do. Anybody can list things they cannot do. I'm not a brain surgeon. I wouldn't sign you up for surgery, even though I did watch the video. <laughs> you see, could it be that what someone has told you is keeping you from God's best. What somebody tells you is keeping you from God's best. Have you set the boundaries? Have you set ceilings that you can go no further? This is where we're comfortable. So you're only as good and not a bit more. You're only so good. So we all have limited set by ourselves or set by someone else, but we need to get in agreement with God and what his will is for our life. Because God has a will and a purpose, and it, for, for, you know, for me, it wasn't a doctor or a lawyer. It wasn't surgery. It was being a minister, and so that was far out of my capabilities and far beyond my reach whenever I felt called to be a minister. But it was what God saw that I could be. You know, one of the things is I never thought I could write a book. I mean, that was like, you know, that would never happen. But it did, you know. 
And it's almost the number one seller. In my list of books that I'm selling, it is the number one seller. It's the only book that I'm selling. <laughs> so. so I am not inferior. I am not lacking. Hmm. I am not lacking. You see, for you bless the righteous, O Lord, you cover them with favor as with a shield. Wow. You bless the righteous. The, remember the breastplate of righteousness that a soldier wears? It's the right standing with God. So our righteousness is of the Lord. So the, you bless the righteous, those who are in a right standing with God. We are to look for God's favor, God's blessing to come into our life. We are to see how that God is able to do things and work things out in our life. <laughs> so I'm not lacking. I just maybe need to study harder. <laughs> I am not this. Um, uh, I'm not. A, I'm not less than somebody else. I'm just part of my learning and where I want to be. I remember in counseling there was this person that I um, was working with, and you know, he never wanted to develop. He never wanted to change. He never wanted to to do anything. And, you know, I never wanted to become better. And I, I know I struggled with this for a while. And so I finally asked him, I says, well, what is it that keeps you from wanting to improve and wanting to do things to become better? He says, well, if I become better, people have expectations of me. And so I don't want to fail. You see, I'd rather fall off a bar, a bar stool than off of a ladder. <laughs> that was, you know, I'd rather fall off of a bar stool than off of a ladder. But you see, no matter what he was doing, no matter where he was going, he was always going to fail. So he, he had that set in front of him. There is no success that is permanent. Only failure is permanent, no matter how hard I try. And, and you, you know, he couldn't get beyond that sense of failure. And, you know, he refused to go beyond that sense of failure. And in our lives, sometimes we have these boundaries set by someone else. <laughs> now, this individual didn't remember who set his boundaries and where it came from. But, you know, he stopped coming when I kept saying, you know, we got to do something with where we're at and what's the problem, how are we going to deal with this. And he didn't want to move from his bar stool. <laughs> he didn't want to move from where he was comfortable. <laughs> well... I think of Moses and the children of Israel. Now, Moses didn't fall off a bar stool. Okay? But I was just telling you this. I think of Moses. Okay? That's a progression. It's a hard crowd today. It's a time change. That's it. Did you hear about evolution? Well, um, well, it'd take a long time. Um, that was a joke. <laughs> Thank you very much. All right. Smile. Fresh air is good for your teeth. So I think of Moses and the children of Israel. When Moses sent the 12 spies into the promised, promised land, okay, the spies came back. Ten of them came back with a negative report in Numbers 13, 27, and 28. And they told him, we came to the land to which you sent us. Uh, if, you, if you read this with the right emphasis, 
you, you kind of get a, with a, well, with this emphasis, you get a picture. These ten spies, their spokesman said, we came to the land to which you, Moses, you sent us there. You're right, it does flow with milk and honey. Well, milk, milk and honey means pasture lands. Bees, cattle, <laughs> milk and honey. So it flows with pasture land. There's a lot of pasture land. And this is its fruit. You know, this is the fruit. They, you know, we have the picture of them coming with, uh, when I was a kid, the grapes and the big long thing of grapes. Did you know that's the uh, symbol of Israel's travel agency? Is these two guys carrying, <laughs> carrying a big, you know, uh, a stick between them, a tree between them, with all these uh, harbor of grapes hanging on them? That's the, that's the symbol of Israel's um, vi uh, visitor's bureau. I think it's Visitor's Bureau. But anyhow, so they said, you, br you, you brought us to this land. It's the land you brought us to, and this is some of its fruit. But <laughs> the people who live in the land, they are strong. And towns, these cities that they live in, they're fortified, and they're very large. And besides this, we saw the descendants of Amalek, Anak there, meaning the giants. Wow. Verse 33 says, when we saw them, we were like grasshoppers. <laughs> um, what do you think their I am was? <laughs> I am small. I am weak. I am inferior. I am intimidated. I am afraid. I, I am and always will be a slave. And Moses, you brought us here. <laughs> you see, the report of the ten, their fear and their intimidation, their inferiority, they saw the land and thought the, and they, they saw this land and they looked at the land through the eyes of being a slave. You know, I, I've... I think has had the privilege of sometimes of, of working with people, and when they're looking at, you know, um, recently we were talking to a young a young lady, who was very very bright, and you know, attending one of the major colleges in Pennsylvania, and they were talking about they wanted to be a, they wanted to go into the medical field, but they they said well you know, <laughs> it's very hard, and. You know, I read all the posts that people have said and all the people who've dropped out of it because how hard it is. And, you know, they're going on and on about how bad and how difficult and how that they don't think they could do it. And I says, okay, what do you have in your heart? What is it that you want to become? Well, I want to be a doctor. It's okay. On the course of study you're in, are you going to be a doctor? No, I can't be. And I said, then what do you have to do to become what you want to be. I have to change my major and I have to change and go into these subjects and so on and I have to do all this. But those are all the things that the people that I read about said were too hard and they dropped out of the medical school. But we talked about it and her family talked about it and we did all this thing. And so they went into the medical field, into the medical field. And right now, that young lady is a solid A student in the, in the prestigious school of medicine, becoming and going towards what she wants to be. And, but someone had put an, I am limited, 
sealing on her that, and, and then seeking to fulfill that desire or that sealing that somebody else had found all the negative things they could about being a doctor and how hard these classes were and they wanted to reinforce the ceiling. But the idea is, if you go over here and you take those courses and it doesn't work, you'll know. But if you stay where you're at, you'll never know what you can become. You see, that's where the I am's of who we see ourselves are. That's where we live. We live in a society and we live in a place that we have put ceilings and boundaries. That's all that I know. That's all the further I can go. And so we kind of bounce back and forth between our boundaries, up and down and side to side. We have to break the boundaries. We have to think that we are better than and greater than the boundaries. But it's not just positive thinking. It's agreeing with what we feel the will of God is. The will of God is part of this whole process. You were created for a purpose, and the purpose is to serve God. And in serving God, you are taking on the boundaries and taking on the, the difficulties that God says, these are here necessary for you. <laughs> Remember what lies before you, the promised land. Every time we quote a promise that's in the Bible, we are like the children of Israel facing the promised land. They came to this place where God, that the land that God had promised to Abraham and to the descendants. And what happens is, whenever we look at God, we always want God to do things. We pray for miracles. Okay, God, do it. <laughs> well, for the children of Israel, God did the ten plagues upon the Egyptians. What did the nation of Israel, children of Israel, do as slaves? They sat there and watched. God brought the plagues against Pharaoh, brought the plagues against the Egyptians. Finally, with the tenth plague, the death of the firstborn child. They said, get out of town. Children of Israel packed their bags and got all the gold and silver that the Egyptians could lavish them with, and they go to the Red Sea. <laughs> Moses, you, oh, I don't know what they called him, but they called him a number of things. <laughs> and they said, you just brought us out here to die. We were better off being slaves. Moses said, no. God opened the Red Sea. They walked through on dry land. Yay, God. They celebrate and dance, and the seas collapse, and the Pharaoh's army is destroyed, and Pharaoh will never chase them again. Wow, isn't that great? So now they come to the promised land. God says through Moses, you got to go in and take the land. And they say, well, they send the spies in. Well, the ten spies come back. And they're filled with all of this negativity, giants in the land, walled cities, you know, all the all the bad things that these people have. And Moses, you must be crazy to think we're going to go in there and do this. We can't do this. They are filled with fear. Up until this point, God has done everything for them. Now God says, you go and possess the land. Okay. When we pray promises, God says, you possess the promise. 
you are part of the answer to every prayer you pray. Every miracle that God is going to do in your life, you're part of it. Because we will end up like being like the Egyptians, excuse me, like the children of Israel, coming to the promised land. God says, go, and we say, wait a minute. You did all of this in the past. We like it that way. We have faith. Do it again. <laughs> God says, no, you do it with me. And they said, nope, we're not going in. We'll just kill Moses and Joshua. <laughs> that was what they were going to do. They were going to stun them. Now, they wouldn't hear what God was going to do for them. They wouldn't hear of it. Let's fast forward 40 years. What does the new generation have to do to take Jericho? They have to march around the wall every day for seven days. On the seventh day, they have to march seven times, blow the trumpet, shout, and the walls fall down. Okay? The difficulty in this, on a scale of 1 to 10, of conquering a city, they didn't have to scale the walls. They didn't have to siege the city. They didn't have to do anything but obey God and walk around the city. Wow. What if the original group who showed up would have listened for God's voice? They wouldn't have died in the wilderness of defeat and despair. You see, God isn't trying to take us somewhere we don't want to go. He's trying to make the promises that he has placed before us real to our hearts and lives. You know, God is simply uh, there working with us. We are working together with him. And we mentioned about how that, that I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. You know, God says, you're not your own. You're bought with the price. Excuse me. <coughs> you belong to him. Not only your soul, but body. <coughs> Excuse me. Body, mind, and spirit. And voice box. <laughs> and, and we find that whenever I, I like the scripture... Or I think of the scripture when Jesus, he says, Father, I am in you and you are in me. Then he says, I am in them and they are in us. <laughs> so God, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. God dwells in us. That is not only a spiritual thing in, in, our, in our spirit, but our body belongs to God. Now, we think about it, and, and, and I use this story that... Um, um, each of us are a Ferrari. Now, some of us may be a yacht, but <laughs> that I couldn't think of a, fa of, of a, a more expensive car, but a Bentley or something. So we're all the same. It isn't like you're a Bentley and I'm a Volkswagen Beetle. No. <laughs> that we're all these, we're all the same, all right? And, but God, say we'll use a, a, a Bentley. Someone has purchased a Bentley, this car, and gave it to you. It's yours to drive, to take care of, wash it, change the oil, change the tires, take care of it, but you don't own it. But the owner says, I'll pay for everything that goes on with that car. It's yours to drive. Now, 
in our lives, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, that we belong to God. And God says, I will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. <laughs> what is it that you need? So you see, we're not just living this life for us, we're living this life for God. We are the temple of God, and so God is saying to us, let me do the impossible in your life. Let me love you, let me, let me dwell in your heart and life, and let you become my messenger to the people. You become my voice box. You become the demonstration of my love. You become the forgiver, the one who walks in peace in the midst of trouble and storm, that the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds. So we find that this temple, rather than us trying to make it, you know, fight against the spirit and, all oh, this is my temple, this is, I can do what I want. No, we can't. I've given it to God, and God wants to do, live in, through us, in all that we say and do. Now, I'm not going to make some big doctrinal statement, but it's just my understanding that makes sense to me, that we, God owns this place, but I have charge of it. I have charge of it. It's like the talents. Some, one gave five. To one he gave five, to another he gave two, to another he gave one. Now, the story is the guy who had five, he went out and invested it, he came back with ten. The guy who had two, he went out and invested it and did his work, came back with four. The guy who had one, now, he says, God, you are a hard man. You are harsh and you are demanding. You make no allowances for error. Excuse me. You steal crops where you don't plant them. And you collect things that you never laid out. <laughs> and, and Jesus says, throw that guy into darkness because he doesn't know the truth. And you see, what God has given to us, it's about taking what we have and allowing God to use it. And when God uses who we are, it begins to develop and to multiply. It isn't that the guy who had five is better than the guy who had two, but each of us, according to our abilities. You know, I'm not a brain surgeon. <laughs> That's not within my skill, skill set. And I don't think it'll be a second career. <laughs> you know? But he will give me who he will take who I am and he will allow it to develop. And there's no comparison in the kingdom of God. We all driving the same vehicle. <laughs> we all have the same value. So what goes on in us is what are we going to do as we look at the value of this temple? Is it increasing in its real estate value? <laughs> Is it bringing honor and glory to the kingdom of God? You see, Numbers 14, 9 says, Only do not rebel against the Lord. Do not fear the people of the land, for they are no more than bread for us. Their protection is removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. So here they are facing the, the, 
the enemy of going in and taking the land, and the word of God comes and says, don't be afraid, go in there and possess the land. <laughs> and what do the people do? They want to stone Moses and Joshua. <laughs> you know, who do these guys think they are? The positive message, Moses, we know there are big people in that land, but our God is bigger. That's Joshua and Caleb. They say we are well able to go and possess the land. You see, Joshua and Caleb says, I am strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. They said, I am confident in the promises of God. They declared that I am equipped and I am well able to take, this, take on these people. I am more than a conqueror. <laughs> you see, the I am's of who they were, they were going in and Joshua, some 40 years later, he says, give me the land up on the mountains where the giants live because I'm, I can take those guys on. You see, wow, you know, there was a man of faith who was able to look at the frailties of this older, he's the oldest guy in the, in the group, he and Caleb. They're the, uh, Joshua, they are the oldest ones in the group of the children of Israel, and they say, we want the place where the giants live. Because they had the correct I am inside of them. So, do not let your past, do not let difficulties, do not let the limitations that we put upon ourselves or someone else puts upon us. We always have two choices. I am what God says I am, or I am what I think I am and what I think other people have said of me. For you see, I think I'd rather fall off a bar stool than a stepladder. <laughs> in, in that individual never changed. You see, I want to jump ahead. These people were looking at themselves and what they did not have, the people who refused to go into the promised land. They were slaves trying to become a nation. They were free, but they were still slaves in their head, in their mind. And you see, he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. When Jesus Christ sets us free, he frees us up to be ourselves. This person is part of the doing. This person had to go to school. This person had to learn. This person had to be involved in the whole process of growth and development. God just doesn't say, here you are, David, be this. He said, here you are, David, here's an opportunity. And believe that I can give you the abilities to keep on growing and learning. <laughs> you know, believe that I am leading you and this is the direction you are to go and know that you are capable of going there. Because it's the I am that God has given me, not the I want of my selfishness. You see, the children of Israel, they had 400 years to get a mindset of slavery and being defeated and discouraged, never thinking they were ever going to get out of that place. And when they did get out of the place, they just couldn't leave it behind. And sometimes God has taken us out of those places, but we have to let them go. That's not who I am. I grew up on a farm, but I'm not a farmer. 
I don't milk cows for a living, and I, I don't plow fields anymore. I don't do those things because that's who I was. It wasn't a bad, it was a good thing. But now I am here, and I am what God has called me to be. And you see, for the children of Israel, they're facing the promised land, and God has all these things in mind for them to be and to become, and that his, the Messiah is going to come through their lineage. It's important that they go and possess the land. And they say, nope, we're just going to die in the desert. Numbers 14, 28. Say to them, this is God declaring this, say to them, as I live, says the Lord, I will do to them exactly as they have said. You said you will die in the wilderness and everyone 20 years and up will perish. Now, God will hold them to a negative I am. How much more so will he hold us to the positive I am? Of the I am's that he wants us to accomplish. The I am's of where he wants us to go. You see, I am the sheep of his pasture. I am the vessel of the Holy Spirit. I am God's elect. I am God's Ferrari. smile okay good but you see we're all there we are that person that God has for us I am more than a conqueror I can do all things through Christ I am full of God's can-do power I am confident I'm equipped I'm empowered I'm well able God is saying to us I will do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think so you see it's not just for some spiritual, and that is important. It's a spiritual thing, but a physical thing. That this belongs to God. All of me belongs to him. And God has promised that as we go forward in this process, some 50-fold, some 100-fold, some 50-fold, some 30-fold, God will supply the increase. And it's all part of the I am of what we plant and harvest and grow and become. He who has begun a good work in you will complete it before he returns. That's the promise. That's our promised land. Father, we thank you that you've heard our prayers. And God, you know our minds, our hearts. God, you know the limitations we place upon ourselves. But you, Lord, by your spirit, come and tap us on the shoulder, shake us to our being, whatever, however way you get our attention. And Lord, you bring your word to our minds and hearts. And your spirit, Lord, stirs us that there is so much more that we can be and what we can become. So Lord, help us to declare the truth. I am yours, Lord. I am yours. And that God, I am willing to take on the promise or promises that you lay within my heart. I will follow you. God, and you will make a difference in us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen.